quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Right now, you have an opportunity that we did not have a year ago where you can buy new construction houses in good areas that have positive cash flow buying them below market value so you have immediate equity into the deal, which is usually unheard of with turnkey, and use creative financing options with them where you can put as little as 5% down. Welcome to the Best Ever Show, the world's longest running daily commercial real estate podcast. Our hosts interview commercial real estate experts every day to get you the best advice ever with none of the fluffy stuff. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Slocum Reed, and today I'm here with Zach Lamaster. Zach is joining us from Denver, Colorado. He is the founder and CEO of Rent to Retirement, one of the nation's leading turnkey investment companies that helps people achieve financial independence through turnkey investing. He is also a licensed optometrist who practices on a volunteer basis. His portfolio, Rental Retirement, focuses on single-family rentals and some small multifamily, including build-to-rent deals. On top of that, Zach personally has several investments in commercial retail centers and luxury short-term rentals. Zach, can you tell us a little bit more about your background and what you're currently focused on? Yeah, Slocum, first of all, thanks for having me. Super excited to be here. Big fan of what you guys do, just the content and education you guys are putting out. So it is a tremendous honor to be here, and I'm excited to have a great show with you. But just give you a quick 30,000-foot view of myself. So as you so nicely put in the intro, I started in a background in healthcare. So my wife and I focused on that career path for many years. I was in the Air Force for seven years as a captain. So I was on scholarship. We invested in real estate starting really that entire time, even really in school, eventually growing our portfolio over time to the point where we were able to replace our active income through real estate investing. That didn't happen overnight, but that happened over many years of dedicated investing. I think the real thing that allowed us to expedite our goals and take us to that next level of investing is the simple fact of when we decided to not just focus on our local market that we knew and were comfortable with, but we started to go outside of our comfort zone and actually identify the best markets throughout the U.S. and start investing in those markets strategically and building our teams. And that really helped to expedite our success. And that was really the foundation of Rent to Retirement is we had a lot of friends and family and colleagues that were seeing what we were doing. They enjoyed watching our success and they basically said, we want to invest with you. We don't have the time and energy and capital to do that. And so that was really birthplace of Rent to Retirement about a decade ago. And fast forward to where we're at today, we're stretched across 11 different markets, mainly Midwest, Southeast. We're focusing, as you mentioned, on single family and small multifamily. These are either rehabbed houses or new construction. About half of what we do is build to rent. I think there's a tremendous opportunity right now in the build to rent space where we can offer turnkey products to our end investors. We did about a thousand doors last year and we're on pace to do about the same this year. So that's a little recap about what we're doing. Zach, what are those 11 markets that y'all are in? So we focus in the Midwest and Southeast. So the Midwest, we're focusing in Ohio and Missouri, and these are different markets within these states as well. So our main market in Ohio is Cleveland and surrounding areas. We've done very well in the secondary markets like Barberton, Akron area. We work in Missouri. That's mainly Kansas City, Missouri. We have small operations in Detroit, Michigan, and Indianapolis. That's about what we do in the Midwest. Do a little bit of work in Memphis and Little Rock as well. 
But the Southeast is probably where we're more active in, and this is particularly in the build-to-rent space. So we have new construction teams in Florida, Alabama, and South Carolina. But Florida is probably our most active market. We have building teams throughout the state, and we also do a little bit in Texas. Nice. Coming from your background, Zach, active duty military turned white-collar professional, building a rental portfolio on the side to replace active income with passive. Sounds a lot like the name of your company, what you were doing. Why is it that creating turnkey investment opportunities was the correct segue for you from there? That's a good question, Slocum. I don't think anyone's really dove into the psychology behind out of all the different areas of real estate investing, why turnkey? Turnkey appealed to me initially as an investor. When we first invested, my wife and I, when I say us or we, we started investing in our own property. We self-managed. We would do the rehab if we needed to rehab them. We would acquire them. And that took a lot of time and energy and work. And I quickly realized I love owning rental real estate, but I don't enjoy being actively involved. And it's just a lot. And there's a lot of people that enjoy that. But I do think as you scale and grow your portfolio, if you're truly trying to create the lifestyle, like the financial freedom or independence that so many of us are trying to achieve, you need to have systems set up in place so your business is operational, even if you step away from it. And I've always wanted to invest eventually with the idea of being a somewhat passive investor where we can still acquire strategically properties. So that's the lifestyle aspect of it. And because of that, we were drawn to turnkey properties. Now, a lot of the stuff when we were first starting, they weren't set up turnkey initially, but we built the teams and the systems and all things in place so they could be turnkey eventually. So we just had our local property management teams because we don't self-manage at this point in time. And so we had our local teams managing the properties and we're working with the top professionals in each one of these areas. And I've just found that it's a much better way to ultimately create the lifestyle and scale effectively without having to be actively engaged. And from a business perspective, we had a lot of people that approached us basically that were busy professionals, right? We come from a healthcare background. There's a lot of busy professionals that have the demand for the same thing. They don't want to be active investors. They love their profession. They're probably never going to leave their profession, or maybe they want to cut back at their hours eventually, whatever the case is, but they like to own rental real estate. So we saw that niche that matched the systems that we were already setting up. Hopefully that makes sense. I think so, Zach. And I feel compelled to ask a fairly sophisticated question in a fairly crass way. As a turnkey provider, what do you actually do? I'm glad we're going to ground zero because turnkey is one of these buzzwords. And there's a lot of people that have negative connotations of what turnkey is, unfortunately. And that's like any business, right? That's with syndicators. That's with raising capital. Anyone in real estate or in business in general. If you have one of these broad buzz terms, I think we operate in our own niche of the turnkey space. But when we talk about turnkey, I always want to define exactly what we mean. What we talk about, Slocum, when we say turnkey is a property that's either fully rehabbed or newly built because half of what we do is new construction, leased and professionally managed in a market that we've identified to be a successful investment market based on our long laundry list of questions. And this is all done by teams that we've personally established and built in these different areas. So the idea would be that someone can come in and they can easily invest in an area that is going to allow them to scale and diversify and grow their portfolio quicker than whatever else they're doing in rental real estate. Most of our investors, some of them are completely passive and want to be hands off, but we have many investors that are professional flippers 
or they're active investors. They want to scale and diversify in other markets. This is a great way to get started for an investor if you just need some handholding or, as we mentioned, busy professionals that just want to be a little bit more passive. So that's what we mean when we talk about turnkey. I guess I'll stop there, but I know that there's maybe some common themes out there that would be good to address as well because people may be coming in with a preconceived motion like what is turnkey, right? Absolutely. And that's a term that gets overused so often. I am a residential real estate agent, used to be my full-time hustle, and I never saw the word turnkey accurately used in the listing of any rental property anywhere ever. Correct me where I'm wrong, Zach. You said you're building out teams in these markets, but you don't have property management in-house? That's correct. Property management, Slocum, that is a challenging business, as I'm sure you well know. We did at one point in time, and we managed over a 1,000 units internally. And I've just found that it is probably better to focus on building local teams in the areas that are either already established or working with the right people to build the right managerial team and then giving them a framework of expectations tailored towards our business model. And what we found is that just finding, connecting, and working with the right professionals in the areas that we're looking to invest is a way to expedite opening up a new market with the team that we know, like, and trust and can likely do a better job of management than we can. This does not mean that we're not involved in management. This does not mean that we sell a brand new built house in Southwest Florida or whatever the case is to one of our investors and say, good luck with management. No, we're actively involved with them. We have a whole vetting criteria. We have a whole system approach of we need to be vetting your tenants this way, that you need to make sure they're making three times a monthly rent. So it's just that we don't have the operational ownership over that. And I do like the fact that that allows us to detach from management a little bit, where if there is an issue, we can step in and leverage our relationship, or we can assist that investor in finding another managerial team. But yeah, management is it's a tough business and very locally driven. If you're investing across the country, you got to be aware of the local statutes and regulations, of course. Zach, our listener base is most familiar with commercial apartment syndications, typically, you know, the value add business plan, a targeted five-year hold period. You have a general partner who is doing the acquisition, structuring the deal, raising the capital from limited partners, and then doing some asset management while the property is within the portfolio of the partnership. It sounds like a good corollary between what you do at Rent to Retirement and that business model is that you are professional asset managers for other people's single-family and small multifamily investments after you get them acquired or get them, in the case of built-to-rent, built, where you're the one who makes sure the team is in place, you have all of the pieces of the puzzle put together, and you make sure that the puzzle pieces stay together while your client, the owner of the rental, owns that property. Is that fair? Yeah, I think so. Obviously, there's some key differences with our model, and I think we kind of both operate under the general idea of passive ways to invest, but I would say that owning rental real estate will never be as passive as, say, giving money to someone that's going to invest in a larger syndication type deal. But my personal opinion, Slocum, is that it is, I think, beneficial for you based on your goals and criteria, but there's benefits to doing both. Owning physical rental real estate that's what we do is we help people acquire physical real estate where you're 100% the owner of the property. And ideally, all the heavy lifting and all the managerial aspects and things are done by our teams. 
but you still have 100% property ownership. You can go out there and use leverage. That's a big thing. You do not need to be an accredited investor. You have 100% ownership of the property, so you're 100% the decision maker. But I would say that it is slightly more involved. You still need to manage your managers. So there's pros and cons, because I invest in syndication as well. But I know that really what's truly helped me build wealth over time is the ability to physically own assets where I could have some more control over those. I had the combination of the annual cash flow, but also those homes appreciating over time. Focusing on the single family and small multifamily, I think that's also a unique niche where you have more stability if you're in the right locations. Usually better appreciation, better financing options available. So it just really depends on what the investor's goals are. But I think there's a lot of benefit to actual physical property ownership. But that does not mean you need to be flipping houses but also means you need to probably make sure you're doing your due diligence, managing your manager, just as you would with any investment that you do. I'd like to take this conversation in a different direction now, and hopefully a direction that is new to you with all the podcast interviews that you have done, or at least not the generic questions that you always get asked, generic questions like the ones that I've asked thus far. Zach, I want to tell you a little bit about myself and my own investing. And then I want to hear you pitch me on becoming a turnkey provider. I will say I am in the Cincinnati market, so in Ohio, but the opposite end of Cleveland and secondary markets that you mentioned. I was recently explaining to a longtime friend in real estate what I'm building, and he said, oh, you're going to be a turnkey provider. And I said, no. And now here we are, and I get to be in front of Zach Lamaster, and I have the next 10 minutes to ask him whatever I want. So let's see how this goes. A little bit of background. I started as a very conventional real estate investor, started with a house hack, and started building a portfolio from there, went full-time in real estate investing. One of the things I realized very early on, but also realized to greater degrees as my portfolio scaled is that my portfolio was never big enough to justify the level of service that I could get from people working for me full time. When you have a four family and then you have 10 units and then 20 and 40 units, you can't really afford full time help, at least in an affordable Midwestern market like Cincinnati. However, I was doing other things. I was also a licensed real estate agent. I had a little bit of house flipping. I was doing bird deals, so I had other things I needed to manage. So I was always looking to offload more of the day-to-day responsibilities of managing my own portfolio. Where that led was realizing that if I managed twice as many units as I owned. I could afford a full-time staff to handle the day-to-day operations, and my role in management would be managerial oversight, direction of the company, where is the market going, where should we be kinds of things. I ended up doing the same thing with construction management. I finally have my own rehab crew. Things are going really well, and I will never be without my own rehab crew ever again, ever. Never going to have to rely on other rehabbers just to get things done within my own portfolio, at least. But at the same time, in order to build the rehab crew that I wanted to know that my properties were taken care of, I need twice as much work to keep my guys busy. So I'm doing some rehab stuff, third party, outside of the management portfolio to make sure I can keep the good people who are working for me on a relatively full-time basis happy and continuing to work for me, doing great work on a full-time basis. 
Last year, I added HVAC. In fact, my HVAC crew right now, as we speak, is installing ductwork in a single-family house, either flip or burr-style deal for an investor friend of mine. I can't wait to get plumbing in-house because of how frustrated I am dealing with other plumbers that don't work for me, who don't go where I tell them to go, when I tell them to go, doing what I tell them to do. Plumbing seems to be the emergency that comes up that is addressable immediately that I cannot address with my own staff. And when I bring on plumbing, that's a plumber that I'll make available to other people as well, of course, for a fee, as any plumber operates. I'm in the process of aggregating all of those essential services to having a rental portfolio or being a homeowner in general, having them all in-house for the sake of serving my own portfolio, but also for the sake of providing high-quality, reliable services to others as well. When I got to that point in this conversation, maybe it was at a wedding reception, my buddy said, oh, you're building a turnkey company. And I said, well, no. So tell me, Zach, should I be building a turnkey company right now? Well, let me ask you this, Locum, because this is how it usually starts. Same thing for us is we want to build our own portfolio. That's usually the case. Right? Most people don't come into this business and like, oh, I'm just going to flip houses to investors and not hold any of them. Maybe some people, but certainly not us and not you. We build these systems and find that, oh, just like this conversation you had, there's people that were probably interested in what you're doing and you're already helping friends out. But let me ask you this. How many deals do you think you come across in your local market that you pass up, that there might be opportunity there, it's just that you pass them up because they maybe don't fit exactly your buy box? Would you say that there's a fair amount? Oh, absolutely. And it sounds like you've already built the systems in place to be able to, if all those deals that you're passing up, every business is different. And as your business grows, there's all sorts of different challenges as you get to different levels. But it sounds like you're keeping people busy. You're building in-house rehab staff, which is important to have. That way you have control of the quality and pricing and consistency. But it sounds like scalability for you, you're growing your own portfolio, but you're managing building your rehab partners and your own portfolio. But it sounds like there's enough deals out there where if you had the staffing to rehab those, you could still offer that product and the services to someone that just wants to buy that property and not think about it. Is that accurate to say? Yes, it is. So in my opinion, and really the conclusion that we came to as well, and it sounds like you're the similar position we were at one point, Slocum is where we're investing in these different markets throughout the U.S. Let's just use Kansas City, for example. I didn't want to own a house. Like at some point we hit our threshold of single family, small multifamily in that area of what we're buying. I just didn't want to own thousands of single family houses in Kansas City, not because it's not a great market, but I just had other things I wanted to put my investments into and diversify. So what does that mean? You spent all these years developing these teams and systems for your own portfolio. Would it make sense for you to have some quality measures in place and potentially extend those services to someone else following the same process that you've already done, which allows you now to monetize on all those deals you're potentially passing up because you're not keeping them? I think the short answer is yes. That would make sense to scale your business. But there's a lot that comes alongside that, right? You start dealing with investors, possibly across the country or internationally. You need to be looking at what are their expectations. Because turnkey investors, I will say this, this is certainly a conversation I've never had on a podcast, but turnkey investors, they're needy sometimes. And rightfully so. But I would say, here's the thing, if you're thinking about investing in turnkey, 
sometimes what we have to deal with, which is a huge challenge, is we have investors that come in, they've never bought a house. They maybe own a primary, but they've never bought an investment house. And they really kind of think that turnkey is going to be mailbox money where they're never going to have any issues. Turns out it could be a productive rental property for two or three years, but you are the owner of the property. So if you have a tenant issue, that tenant stops paying rent, loses their job, that stuff happens. That's the reality of property ownership, no matter if it's turnkey or not. So we got to make sure that you're setting people's expectations appropriately that this is all part of the game. Yes, we have systems and measures in place to deal with these things when they happen, but real estate still happens. You're still dealing with tenants. You're still the owner of the property. So there's a lot that goes into the turnkey model, but I'm thinking, Slocum, that with the reach that you have and the systems that it sounds like you've already built, you probably could serve a lot of people in your local market by extending those services to those people. That's a valuable insight. And I know that we're adding value to a lot of our best ever listeners as well, and not just me. We'll get back to the show with the first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. Are you looking to raise money from private investors to buy commercial real estate? Syndicationattorneys.com is here to guide you every step of the way. At syndicationattorneys.com, they do more so you can do more. They create real estate syndication and fund offering documents, but they also educate you on the ins and outs of raising private money, ensure your offerings comply with securities laws, and help you structure fair deals with investors so everybody wins. With reasonable lump sum fees and over $2.75 billion in securities offerings created, syndicationattorneys.com has the expertise you need. But that's not all. Syndicationattorneys.com also offers weekly attorney-led masterminds, networking, and strategy sessions through their pre-syndication consulting agreements. To learn more, visit syndicationattorneys.com today to get started. This offer is not available to Florida residents. Deciding how to invest your capital is more challenging than ever. That's why it's never been more important to partner with a company with a solid track record and that has thrived through various economic cycles. Companies like BAM Capital. BAM Capital is a trusted multifamily syndicator that has delivered a historical average of over 35% IRR with an average hold period of three and a half years. BAM Capital has never missed a preferred payment, never lost an LP's investment, and never called capital past the subscription amount. BAM Capital is currently raising capital for a fund designed for accredited investors targeting a 15 to 20% IRR and a 2 to 2.5x equity multiple to its investors over a three to five year hold period. If you're an accredited investor and you want to learn more about multifamily investment opportunities with BAM Capital, visit capital.thebamcompanies.com. Again, that's capital.thebamcompanies.com. Another angle to this, Zach, Coming from your answer about the capacity to do more deals than I can buy by myself or passing on some deals because they don't quite fit my buy box for whatever reason, I think it's fair to say, generally speaking, or at least my perspective is, this perspective was made quite acute during the pandemic. Real estate is a people business. The most valuable asset to us in real estate is people. And during the pandemic, especially, people were the most scarce of all of the resources that we need to be real estate investors, especially when it comes to manual labor. Not just meaning painting the wall, but all of the trades, everything mechanical, any person or any job description role that is required on the execution of a business plan with real estate, especially boots on the ground, that's what became scarce. 
And that's one of the reasons why whenever I come across good people who want to work for me full time and want to commit to me, I commit to them and I find the work to keep them busy because I know how valuable that, that asset is. By that asset, I'm the good quality people who do good quality work who are coming to me seeking work full time. I have the capacity, as we were saying, to manage property manage, construction manage, a larger portfolio than I have currently, and I'm offering third-party services. Why not max out the number of deals, the number of properties I can manage, things I can rehab, with stuff I'm going to own so that I retain the upside of being that owner-investor at the same time? Why not just raise capital from partners and continue to be the owner? Why would I be a turnkey provider for other people who end up 100% owner of the work that I deliver on? Yeah, this is a very good question. And I think this is in the minds too of sometimes the people that are looking to invest in real estate of like, well, why would this person sell a property and not keep it? And another version of this would be, well, they're taking all the equity out of the deal and I'm paying a premium for this, which to me, it's like, especially over the past five or six years when we've had an extreme seller's market. It's like, isn't any seller trying to maximize their sales price on it? At least in turnkey, you get a property that's newly built or fully rehabbed with a system to follow. Do not expect a discount on a property unless it's pretty dilapidated. So I thought that, anyways, that's just one of my soapbox things. But to answer your question... Can I get on that soapbox with you before you answer my question? Yeah, let's do it. As a residential real estate agent who worked with a lot of investors, my answer to that specific question, why is it that you would sell? Why would I buy from you? The deal must have been better when you bought it. Or any question, why would I buy on market instead of off market when I can send out thousands of mailers and get my own deals? I have the feeling this will resonate with you, Zach. My answer is it depends on your goals. The first thing you need to do as an investor is have your investment goals, have your investment criteria that you can judge all deals against. When you have good solid goals, criteria that will create the life that you want, and that criteria is reasonably realistic for the market conditions we're experiencing, does it really matter how you come across the deal or where the deal came from if it reaches your goals? That's what I always end up saying to my clients. But back to the question of why not just try to own everything myself instead of providing turnkey for others. You're preaching to the choir on that slocum. And I think that people often have this kind of scarcity mindset instead of an abundance mindset of there actually is a win-win-win scenario in real estate transactions. And yes, if it meets your goals at this point in your life based on your resources, then take action on it. That doesn't mean you're being taken advantage of or just because we're selling a property is because it's a crap deal that we don't want to keep. So I think the answer to this, both to the person buying the property and internally is just, where am I at in my investing journey? There could be a version of this where it makes sense for you to do exactly what you said, where you raise capital and just continue to do more and acquire your portfolio. But is that ultimately where you want to be? I'll be quite honest right now, and I think this will help people understand this too. I'm not really buying a lot of single family and small multifamily at this point in time. Now I've built my wealth over a decade plus of buying those asset classes and just letting time do what it does and growing that portfolio. A lot of what I'm doing now is I'm consolidating. So I've built this turnkey company where we know how to identify the best markets and build teams in those areas. And we're still doing that into rehab properties or build them and offer them a cash flowing asset in a growing market to an investor. 
We have all the systems to do that, but I've already done that for myself. And so a lot of what we're doing personally is we're 1031 exchanging a lot of these asset classes in Slocum. I'm going out and I'm buying turnkey. I'm buying retail assets that are fairly recently built. Over this past year, we acquired nine commercial retail centers here in Northern Colorado. And this is just a lot of through trading up. And the reason we're buying those is because I'm consolidating. This is our plan. And this has always been the plan is to trade up. This is how people build wealth in real estate. They own rental real estate, let time do what it does, or they do forced equity. And then they trade up. They take the equity that they've grown. They maximize the tax benefits. Those two things combined, doing consistently over time, is just the most traditional recipe for success in real estate. It just takes time. But we buy a lot of these retail centers that are like at five caps that have 10-year triple net leases on them that really are not like crazy good deals, but they're buy and hold deals. And then we maximize the tax benefits. We do cost segregation studies on those and accelerate the depreciation and offset our taxable liability. But the big philosophy is we're consolidating. So just for us, we're not in a position where we just want to continually grow our portfolio of thousands and thousands of single family. But we did at one point in time, and it has served us quite well to do that in that asset class. So for you, the determination is, is that where you're at? Or do you want to start transposing some of that stuff into other asset classes, but still keep the machine running and still offer people great product that look at that point in their life, they are looking for that exact asset. So I think it's just important to be aware of where you're at personally and how you can still serve other people. And yes, there can be win-win scenarios for everybody. And this, to your point exactly, based on where their goals are. You can get me on my soapbox for hours on some of this stuff. You know what I mean? It's good that we're having this conversation. This is probably something I think people don't talk about enough. And it is probably in the minds of all the listeners, right? They kind of have these same types of questions. So it's good that we're having these conversations. There's certainly a lot to chew on from this conversation mentally. I hope our listeners go through the mental exercises of processing everything you've been saying as much as I am right now and will again when this episode airs soon. Zach, another thing that I mentioned in your bio is you guys are doing a lot of build-to-rent development right now. Again, that's a whole lot of skills being compiled on your part to create an investment for somebody else. Why do build to rent right now? This is something that we are actively doing. This is probably the area in the residential sector of real estate where we're the most active, Slocum, and I think where the best opportunity is. And I'll pinpoint some reasons why. Let's just talk about new construction in general. I think when someone thinks about turnkey, they being passive, being hands-off, having little maintenance. Honestly, they're probably thinking more about like a brand new built house versus an older house that's rehabbed. But of course, new construction usually comes with higher price points. So there's some cost benefit ratios with this, but generally speaking, we have over the past five or six years really moved a lot towards the direction of focusing on more new construction. About half of what we do now is built to rent new construction in single family and small multifamily, mainly in the Southeast in growth markets. But we found that building properties allows you with new construction, generally we're identifying better growing areas. But generally speaking, new construction has less maintenance, attracts better quality tenants, has less turnover, less vacancy. You have better upside potential with appreciation and rental growth if you're in the right market. And we have better financing options available. We'll talk about a long-term investor loan product where it allows investors to only put 5% down on new construction in select markets. This is not a Fannie Mae Freddie Mac loan. You're not house hacking. You're not having to live in this. This is a true investor loan for rental property. 
but that's one example of unique financing options for people. So we like new construction. The challenge is sometimes it's a little bit higher price point. You may have to wait a little bit for the house to be completed. And the ROI, the cash on cash returns year one, when you look at a pro forma, that's you're looking at year one analysis, may be lower than, say, compared to a rehab property in the Midwest. But long term, I think there's a lot of benefit to new construction. But here's a unique thing right now that I think is important for people to understand. If you're considering build to rent or new construction in the right market, we just went through an interesting real estate cycle. And we didn't talk too much about cycles and where we're at right now. But generally speaking, the market, it's slowed down a little bit, but we haven't crashed. And this is really market dependent. Every market's a little bit different, but interest rates just went through the most dramatic increase in the shortest period of time we've seen in history. But real estate really is staying pretty stable. Yes, it's had a little bit of stabilization, which is a good thing. But what we found is that there are a lot of builders that instead of pulling the reins back a little bit, they overbuilt based on demand to exit as if the market was going to continue like it was a year ago. And so really what this means is a lot of builders with their construction financing that is due in 12 or 18 months with high interest, we found that we've been able to actually come in and scoop up some of these properties at wholesale deals below market value. So without getting too into the weeds, basically what this means is that right now you have an opportunity that we did not have a year ago where you can buy new construction houses in good areas that have positive cash flow buying them below market value so you have immediate equity into the deal, which is usually unheard of with turnkey. But there are scenarios where you can buy properties with immediate equity and use creative financing options with them where you can put as little as 5% down. All that combined, we're doing a lot of build to rent where we're doing ground up or acquiring already built houses like that, both for ourselves and our investors. And I think it's just a really unique niche that we're super excited about. That's certainly an interesting way to go about turnkey investing, especially considering, yeah, the oversupply of single-family homes that have been built in some areas, taking advantage of that. Zach, unfortunately, we don't have time for a lightning round of questions. I do want to ask, though, where can people get in touch with you? Our website is the best place to go to find out more information about us, to look at our active inventory at any given point in time. We have 60 to 70 houses for sale across the country and to find all our social media. We put a lot of stuff out on our podcast on YouTube about all things real estate, but our website is renttoretirement.com. That's renttoretirement.com or you can call 6781 to connect with our team to set up a time to learn about your investment goals. Those links and that phone number are in the show notes. Zach, thank you. Best ever listeners, thank you as well for tuning in. If you've gained value from today's episode, please do subscribe to our show. Leave us a five-star review and share this episode with a friend you know we can add value to through our conversation today. Thank you and have a best ever day. Thank you. Hi, Best Ever listeners. Joe Fairless here again. And one last thing before you go, would you like to receive a short weekly email with proven tips from experienced investors, free tools and resources, and a roundup of the week's most relevant news and Best Ever content? Well, if so, join the community of nearly 15,000 commercial real estate passive and active investors who receive the Best Ever newsletter. Just go to bestevercre.com forward slash access and you'll get the very next one. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, thank you for listening and have a best ever day.